Ever since I was a little kid, I remember looking on the movie screens and seeing Marines and seeing soldiers and seeing these people go onto the battlefield and fight for their country and save people's lives and be these strong, powerful people. I remember growing up that I knew that. I didn't know what it was, but whatever that was, I was going to be. I was going to be in the suit. I was going to have all the badges. I was going to be the cleanest, the most strongest warrior out there on the field. I just knew within my heart that was the path for me. And as I got older, through middle school, through high school, I remember the recruitment guys coming around and making this military life so glamorous. It could pay off your college. You could travel the world. You can meet amazing people, do amazing things. I remember thinking that the military was going to be my ticket out of whatever I was going through. The military was going to be my next chapter in life once I stepped out of high school. Before I got to that point, I went down a different trajectory in life. I wanted a life that only peace was offered. I wanted life where it was no fighting, it was no hatred, it was no war. And so you can see how that contradicts being in the military when it's about fighting, when it's about standing 10 toes down for your country, when it's about making a difference. And so as the recruitment teams from every branch, the Navy, the Marines, the armies, the Air Force, and the Coast Guard were contacting me and saying, be a part of our branch, be a part of our team, be strong. I knew deep down in my heart, it wasn't the path for me. I no longer saw war as something that was good, but I started to see war as something that was only used for control. I realized the reasons that I wanted to join the military was because I wanted to be something. I wanted to fight for something bigger than me. I wanted to have worth. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to feel strong, just as strong as those actors and actresses I used to watch growing up. And so then I realized if I felt that way, imagine how a soldier from a different country, a different continent, different soil from me might feel. And I had to sit there and cope with myself and wonder, could I take a life if I had to? All I wanted to do was make a difference. All I wanted to do was be strong. So imagine to fulfill this, I had to do ungodly things to feel proud and brave within myself. And then I realized that the people that we fight historically, when you look at wars, when you look at battles, when not even USA based, but when you look at how militaries work across each country, their tactics, their history, you realize all they're fighting for is themselves. They're fighting for something. They're fighting against something. But does that make us wrong? I feel like when it comes to the USA, 
United States of America, the land of the free, we are so brainwashed in thinking that America, the United States, is the best. The United States is the only place you're going to get the best out of anything economically, medically. This is where dreams are made of, right? The way the United States is advertised is that this is one of the only countries where you can literally go from the bottom and be the top, where you can pick yourself up by the bootstraps and become something. And in one of those ways is the military. If you don't become famous, the military is also advertised to you as, oh, if you don't have nothing, you have $7 in your account, you haven't eaten in five days, join the military. You'll go from not having shit to being the shit. I realize I, yes, I am an American. I live in the United States of America, but I am no better than somebody in Africa. I am no better than somebody in Europe or the seven continents that surround this earth. I know you're probably thinking, get to the point. (laughs) So let me wrap this up into what I want to say. No, I am not. A soldier. No, I did not make it to the military, but I do have people in my family that went off and decided to join one of the branches. The United States government does not care about its soldiers. The reason they get you while you're young, while you're 16, 17, recruiting. I, now that I look back at it, now that I'm older, I think it's disgusting. These men, these recruiters, they will come to us as kids when we're 15, 16, 17, 18, where our minds are still developing, where you can put literally damn near anything that's shiny in our face and we'll go to it. You telling us, oh, you will pay for our college. You telling us that I could get a Camaro. You telling us that. I can go to Italy by 18 and you know you're going home and you probably don't got lights on. You probably struggling. You probably haven't ate and you probably rationing at home. And now you have this soldier, this nice, clean cut, big, buff ass, 330 pound soldier standing in front of you to say, hey, you can have what I had. And not even realize that that soldier himself is a pawn in the institution he's in. I remember I was 17. I was a junior in high school and I went to the recruitment table. It was the Army's branch. And I remember I told the recruiter, I said, hey, I really want to join the military. I don't know what branch yet, but I know I want to do something bigger than myself. The military seems like something I want to do, but I want to make it clear. I do struggle with mental illness. I struggled with depression and I struggled with anxiety. And for the first time out of the three years of me going continuously to the recruitment table, putting down my information, getting flyers, talking, the recruiter had a human moment with me and said, half of the people, half of the kids that come to him to recruit, half of the kids that he talks to knows he knows they won't make it when it comes to the military 
he knows that they're not fit, but because he has a quota, but because he has a job to do, he still talks to these kids anyway. Knowing that some of these kids aren't built for the situations that they were during in the field. And let me make this clear. I absolutely know being a soldier does not always mean being on the front line. There are plenty, a plethora of jobs out there that you can do that does not require you to actually be out on the field. But even soldiers tell you, no matter what job you have, no matter where you go, you are still a soldier at the end of the day. If you are ever there, if there's any situation where you have to put down whatever you're doing to be a soldier, you have to do that. I don't care if you're a carpenter. I don't care if you're an artist. I don't care if you're a mechanic. If you are called to be on the front line and you're a soldier, you will be there because that's your duty and that's your job. And so, so many people sign these contracts, these four-year contracts. And, and what people don't realize, you don't think, oh, four years, isn't, uh, four years is long. Four years is even longer when you go into something thinking you have expectations of it. And you realize it's the worst, the most traumatic and painful thing you'll probably ever do. Being in the military... You got to realize this is not a contract you can break. And this is where they get you. Because the moment you're in there, they got you. And they are supposed to use the youthfulness and the energy and the drilling that runs through your body until they no longer need that. So it's not like the moment you realize what you'll actually be doing, you can just say, hey, I opt out. I want to go home. Because... If you leave, that's AWOL. And if you AWOL, you're going to jail. I've known, I've met soldiers that purposely broke in their bones because they did not want to be a part of this branch. I've known soldiers that purposely put themselves in harm's way because they had to get out of the situation they were in. You are literally, when you go into the military, you are literally meant to be broken. You are supposed to strip yourself from anything that makes you an individual and you become a group. You become a team and a collective. Once you put that soldier on, you are no longer you. Those jokes, those laughs, those thought-provoking thoughts that you... You can't have that. You have to move. You have to walk. You have to talk. You have to eat with these people, with your brothers and sisters that you meet and find. And you have to become one face for the United States of America. That's where the mental illness comes in. Where the depression, where the PTSD and the anxiety and the bipolar, all the things that you can get being in the military, this is where this comes in. Because you can no longer have no say for yourself. You are under an umbrella. And there's no walking away or outcasting yourself. It's you're under a mask. 
And then when you're in there, they're breaking your body to pieces so you can be that strong military 360 pound man that you saw at recruitment. Waking up at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m. to do 12 mile runs, to do push ups, to do sit ups. Molding you into this American soldier that you've always wanted to be, that you've always seen. Every soldier I've ever met, and this is the God honest truth, wish they never went down the path they took. They thought that the college tuition was worth it, that the Camaro and the trips were worth it. But when they realized they lost themselves, they lost their mental health. You got to realize you are put into these situations and you are told you are your brother and your brother is you. Your sister is you and, and you are her, her brother. When you are out there, you stand behind, beside, and in front of these people until you are off that line. To become a soldier, you have to be so big-headed You have to be so confident in your abilities because you have to survive. You have to know that you are going to make it back home. And so the bonds that you make in the military, they're so strong. They call them lifetime friends because these are the people that are going to see you at your highest and your lowest. These are are the people that are going to see the most deep depth thoughts that you have ever had. They're going to see the tears. They're going to see the shit that flies out your ass. And they are going to be the strongest people that you ever walk with. But what happens when you're discharged and your family, that bond, that brotherhood, that sisterhood you created is no longer there to support you. Your comrades, you don't have anybody to lean on, to cry on, to talk to, to sit down with, to drink beers with. Now you're back out here in the real world. You're back out here with us, with us so-called civilians. And we don't understand not a damn thing that you went through. We don't understand the waking up at 4 a.m. We don't understand PTSD. We don't understand the pain, your back pain, your knee pain, your hip joints. We don't understand none of that. You know why? Because we didn't choose to go on that line. We didn't choose to sign up. So when it comes to you coming out of the field and coming back to your civvy clothes, you realize none of these people that walk these sidewalks, that walk this earth, understand what I've just been through. Watching someone enjoy a latte or watching them have time with their family or just enjoy life, period. You don't, you're sitting there thinking, you don't even realize what I just saw. Whether if you were a soldier on the front lines or behind the scenes or not, you still see shit. You still feel the worst of the worst when it comes to America and Earth itself. I think what people don't realize is if you. Say you're not a soldier on the front line. They discredit you. No, at the end of the day, you are a soldier in its entirety. Every single soldier is trained the same. Every single soldier goes through the same. It doesn't matter if you end up with a 
a sniper rifle or if you end up as a carpenter. Throughout each and every single one of your stories, you will all see something of the same, resonate with something of similarity. So when you come back to civilization, where there is no trenches, where there is no loud noises or being woken up by blow horns and being yelled at. And when there is no situation where you're put in, where you have to stand for 13 hours a day, where you only get to sleep for two hours and you have to eat under three minutes. You, how do you adapt to that? How do you adapt to everything being slow? When you're deployed, everything is fast. Everything is moving. You're going constantly. But how do you go to a place where you can just enjoy sleep? Where you can just enjoy a regular cup of coffee, a regular meal. And then you realize being a soldier, that was your job. One of the most rewarding, prolific jobs you might have. Now you got to come home and you find you can only get yourself a job at McDonald's. You can only get yourself a job at Walmart because you're trying to adjust to not having that purpose anymore. But not having that purpose also affects your mental health because you're thinking, how do I go from being a soldier? How do I go from being the most liked person in America to just being at a minimum wage job. I have developed mental illness, depression, and anxiety, and I need help. And they keep telling me to go to the VA and I go to the VA and they're not giving me the proper help I need. So where do I go to? So you see a lot of these strong soldiers lean into drug addiction, lean into drug abuse, Because how do you cope with the pain? If you can't get the medication, if you can't get the therapy from VAs, where am I going to get the help from? And because a lot of you soldiers are so prideful, there is not there. There's not many of you going and asking for help. There's not many of you trying to show that you're quote unquote weak, quote unquote down on your luck. And so there's this constant spiral of just failure, of doubt, of questioning. Because if if I can't go to the VA for help, and if I can't let my family and friends know that I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm in pain and I don't know what to do, I don't know how to adjust, I'll lead myself to substance. I'll lead myself to cope into things that I don't have to speak to. I don't have to speak to crack. I don't have to speak to marijuana or alcohol. I don't have to tell them my feelings. I can just use it and it will help me. I don't have to drink alcohol to let it know that, hey, I'm going through something. But this is important. And year after year, these soldiers are being fucked over when it comes to the disability checks. 
They go out there, they do their time, they serve their country, they get their medal, they do amazing fucking work. And then they come back to the government saying, fuck you. We got every single thing we needed out of you. Now we're going to discard you like you're a piece of trash. How would that make anyone feel? Imagine you say you saved the world and no one cares. No one bats an eye. All you get is a thank you for your service. 10 million times a day, somebody will look at you and say thank you for your service. But what about, I don't have no place to live, no place to sleep. I haven't even ate in a few days. But thank you for your thank you for your service. Every single day, soldiers' mental health go undocumented, go unscathed. Because either one, the VA, the systems that are literally built for these people to survive, for these people to transition into civilian lives, are failing them. Or two, they aren't seeking the help themselves and they're still failing. This is leading to soldiers committing suicide. It is leading to soldiers doing drug use, being abusive, going down the wrong paths in life because they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go to. And I bring all this up to say, Brian Easley, he was 33 years old. He served his time. All he asked for was that the VA do right by him. He didn't ask for much. He was a simple man. His disability check was $800 a month. And they took that away from him. And he called Every day, multiple times a day, asking for help, asking for answers just to be seen. And they hung up on them. Public record showing showing the people hanging up on his face and him calling again. And he did this for weeks, calling different departments, checking himself into mental hospitals, searching for medication, searching for therapists. He did everything right. Do you understand me? He did everything right. He called every hotline. He called every number. He checked himself into hospital multiple times. He went to therapy. He did everything a soldier was supposed to do. Everything the government tells these soldiers to do and they and they failed him brian took it upon himself to put a bomb in a backpack and walk into wells fargo not to steal money but to ask for his 800 dollars, to ask for the camera crews the news reporters to be there so he could tell his story so that The world knew what the government and how soldiers were really being treated. He didn't hurt any hostage. 
He was reported to be so kind, so loving, and so caring that he wasn't a threat. He just wanted his money. He just wanted help. He wanted therapy. But the news outlet painted him as this dog, as this monster, as this criminal because of the headline bomb strapped to man. His family later on came out and said, you don't realize you pushed him to be where he was in that bank. Phone records show before he even walked into that bank, he called the hotline three more times. Showing that I'm going to give you just one more chance to see me, to understand me before I have to push myself to these limits. And they didn't listen. They didn't care. Imagine And we've all been in that situation where we just wanted to be heard. We just wanted to be seen and we were disregarded. Imagine hearing that every single day for weeks that we do not care, that we do not want to hear your problems. Imagine going through the thunderstorm in your head. You already Thinking you're crazy. You already knowing something's wrong with you. You going through these mood swings. You're going through depression. You're waking up and your body aches. Your body aches and you know you have to go up, get up, get out and get a job. And you know you have to work your ass off because you have to live. And all you want to do is just tell somebody I'm going through something and they hang up in your face. I'm saying this because Brian Easley was murdered on that day in Wells Fargo. To this day, some people think he was rightfully murdered and some people think he didn't deserve it. All I'm saying is how many men and women have to serve this country, give you everything you've asked for, Put their lives at risk. Try to make a change for themselves. Try to be better for themselves. And then the moment you no longer need them, you disregard them. How many, how many times are we going to let these people keep walking with so much pain, not only in their heart, in their mind, but in their body before we say, hey, we see you. Saying thank you for your service isn't doing shit for these people. It's not bringing money into their pockets. It's not helping their mental health. It's not making them feel better. So many people will break their necks to say thank you for your service and not realizing that the person they're talking to is probably broken on the inside. And every day we just let the government just spit these people out. And let them live on the streets and not provide any help to them like they're dogs. And one day out of the year, we celebrate these soldiers. And then we might give them a military discount. Is that all these people deserve? A military discount and one day out of the year to feel proud about themselves? To feel good? They don't feel seen. 
They don't feel heard. We, as the civilians, as the, as the United States government, we have to do better. If you have these innocent people willing to put their lives on the line for you, for you, not for this country, for you, you need to do better when it comes to disability, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the VAs, you need to do better because you won't have anybody to fight for you when it, when times come for you to need to be fought, fought for. There will be nobody to stand behind you as a government. If you keep treating these people as if they're just something to toy with. These are human lives. These are human beings. We aren't robots that you just program to use and then you can throw away. We are human. You need to train us properly, not only physically, but mentally. You need to be there to help us with the transitions, to help us with the mental health, to help us if we ever fall to substance abuse or suicide. These people turn into numbers as if it's some type of numeric system. I brought up Brian Easley because he has a name. And with Brian Easley, there's millions of other brothers and sisters that serve that went through the same thing as him, that are going through the same thing as him. I say his name because it's important, because he's important. These soldiers are important and they need to know that. They need to know they are more than their weapon in their suit. They are more than how strong they can be or how sharp they can look. They are important. Because they decided that they wanted to serve something bigger than them. Fight for something bigger than them. And if these strong men and women can decide that, you can at least give them the decency to acknowledge it. And to fight for them when they ask for it. 